Watching Around Comics live on YouTube and Twitch and Twitter and Facebook. MySpace. My Friendster. <laughs> We're going back in time. I am. Yeah. We're projecting this back in time to MySpace. And uh, yeah. What's happening, fellas? Uh, welcome to episode 392 of Around Comics. 392. With me, as always, is Christopher Niesman and tom cater yeah. in the middle hey. <laughs> tom i'm I here should, maybe i should start doing like uh ufc announcer bruce buffer you know, what would what would your fight nickname be tom like if you were the a kid fighter. it's the kid tom the kid caters tom Come the kid on, it caters. Writes, it, writes itself gentle touch Tom Gentle Touch Tom Gentle Touch yeah. Soft Touch Yeah Not really like Car wash Soft Touch You know Effective Soft Touch Caters <laughs> It's gentle Very nice Very nice How powerful Welcome gentlemen Gentle yeah. Hi How are you guys I'm doing? Hello I'm a little concerned My camera is so zoomed into me You look I like you're getting interrogated I didn't do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Start from the did. top. Explain exactly <laughs> what you. <laughs> well, oh, I got a, I got a bone to pick with you, by the way. No, sir. Oh, sir. Already? What did I do? Well, we were talking about what what we had read this week. We usually have a text go around, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I will. I will absolutely uh, try and read those. And, uh, and yeah. you already build the episode as me having read uh, uh, Destroy All Monsters. Which, after I saw you post that, I went to Hoopla and checked it out and read the entire fucking thing this afternoon. Good. There you go. I just got to put a little pressure on you, Chris, to make sure you're performing at your best. The most insightful comments come from when you're shamed into quickly reading something just burn through it real felt fast. like i was in high school again it's like oh shit i gotta get this report done before gotta I gotta read oh, oh my god i was actually trying to do you a favor because you said i had posted two things that i had read this week mm -hmm. i read actually, i actually read two different uh trade paperwork collections whatever the hell mm -hmm. and i posted them both and you're like well i'll try and read them both so i figured you would take uh -huh. That one, you know, the, that one, I, you know, because I, I didn't know I, if you were going to read the other one. The other one's actually a little longer. So I was trying to make it easy on you. I thought you had already maybe read it. But you know what? It made for a delightful 90 minutes of curling up in the with on, on the back deck on on the, you know, the, the the glider we have out there. Got to spend about 90 minutes with my old friends, uh, Sean Phillips and Ed Brubaker. It was reading in traffic. Like holding up the, <laughs> holding up a book while you're like steering with one. <laughs> I gotta get this done. I gotta there read. was a time. There was a time. Oh God! It's uh, people are gonna expect. Well, yeah. I'm just glad that I was able to bully you into. Mm -hmm. See, bullying is a good thing, folks. Yeah. I know we sure. in this current climate yeah. we don't believe that that's the case. But Huge bullying... mistake. We we're missed. We need bullies. Bull Bullies are good. Nerds are out of control. Nerds are out of control. They really are. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Hey, they got a little bit of power and see what's fucking yeah. happens. Just like, shut up, nerds. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut up. I did read uh, other things. Some though. shame. Some shame can be a good thing sometimes. You know. Yeah, I think we need yeah. that as a society. You ever watch uh, Big Mouth on Netflix? Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know the idea of the shame wizard. You know, like shame. <laughs> he's not a bad guy. Like 
shame's good sometimes. <laughs> like, sometimes you need to be kept in check. You're like sometimes yeah. it's a good. It's for your own good. Everything in moderation. I mean, you don't yeah. want to get out of hand. You don't want to, you know, be shaming people relentlessly. Yeah, but, but occasionally it's good to be like, I should just keep my mouth shut. Yeah, because I don't want to embarrass myself. But that <laughs> doesn't exist. Learn that lesson. Not to not to compare the two or try and I'm trying to make fun of anyone necessarily, but there I just happened to run across an uh it was an article and I was like, this is where we are in a society now. Oh. It was an article about a guy I don't really I'm not familiar with him at all. His name I believe is Billy Porter, and he seems to be some sort of fashion guy or something oh yeah and had to slam on uh uh who was harry it? styles yeah yeah because so he was yeah. angry because esquire or vogue or some magazine yeah. put harry styles on the cover in a dress and made a big deal of the fact that he dresses uh in a lot of you know sort of female clothing or whatever you call it gender yeah. neutral and it's clothing. not the first time that harry styles has done that harry styles has been doing that for years but Billy Porter was upset because he believes that he was the one who created that. <laughs> like, like what? Uh, what? Like right after Alice Cooper? Uh, yeah, in like yeah. 1970, the New York Dolls. Uh, yeah. yeah, Elton John didn't yeah. didn't. I don't know, but it, but just the idea that two grown men are arguing about who gets the credit for wearing a dress on a magazine. Yeah. I'm sorry, and, and I mean, so ridiculous, Kurt. Kurt Cobain, if you just want to go back to the early 90s, right? Did he wear a dress? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Several times. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's just silliness. It's just silly. We're stupid. Well, here's the thing is, I know who Harry Styles is. I don't know who Billy Porter. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't know who he is either. He's a guy who likes dressing in dresses. Harry Styles reaches that level, the fame level of like... Household name. Yeah. I could ask. I could Isn't say. I could ask my mom if she's heard of Harry Styles. And she'll big? probably say yes. Wow. Like, yeah. like, I, I wasn't yeah. sure if. I mean, I know Harry Styles. My daughter is a huge fan of Harry yeah. Styles. She actually sent me a text today. This is the all Harry Styles episode of. Her yeah, this, well, yeah, the episode you never thought you needed. Yeah. <laughs> um, she sent Does me. She have a, text- a yeah, bio comic out yet? The Harry Styles no. story. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank thank Joe Galuzic uh, for uh, Dennis Rodman as the Chicago reference. Of yeah, there you go. Famously Just, wearing uh, dresses, a, a wedding dress. He, mm-hmm. he was married in a wedding dress. Um, but my daughter texts me because she's so excited. She said, "If it's true, she would gonna cry." That apparently there's a rumor that Harry Styles is going to play uh, Star Fox. Yes, in the MCU. In the MCU. And she's very, very excited about that. So there you go. There's, But I didn't know that Harry Styles was that big of a name. I mean, I knew he was pretty big, but I wasn't One sure Direction was huge, Sal. Well, he's on a lot of things. <laughs> he's just sort of like yeah, now one yeah. of those people that just like pops up on things. Just, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's hosted SNL. Um, my, I'm not a huge Harry Styles fan, but it, uh, he was, uh, very good at the rock and roll hall of fame. He did the, uh, he, um, did the induction speech for Stevie Nicks and it was very good at it. I, I, he is one of the very few people that my daughter listens to that I don't just shake my head at. Completely. Right. There you go. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe Galuzic asked, "I don't know Harry Styles. Is he kin to AJ Styles, <laughs> the wrestler? No, I don't. I don't believe they're. Really... Maybe I don't. I don't know. In a way, Perhaps. Joe, we're all related. Perhaps, perchance. Perchance. All right. Enough about Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, since you, Chris, since it's so fresh on your mind, as you probably just. <laughs> before... He's reading it right now. And page one forty-seven. The page first page is. Uh, I, I'm not. You guys have not read it, correct? I did. I did read you, it. You, oh, you did read it. Okay. I did not read it. You, you. So, so Chris and Sal on this one a little bit. Um, uh, Destroy All Monsters, uh, a reckless book by Ed Brubaker uh, and Sean Phillips. Uh, it's in the um, the Reckless series, the Ethan Reckless books, which there are now how many? I've got. This is the third one. So the it was third, uh, yeah. Reckless, uh, Friend of the Devil, and now Destroy All Monsters. 
and it's it's Brubaker Phillips. You know, what are we going to say? Oh, it's even more awesome than the last one. It's just yeah. It's, <laughs> well, is it? It's it's awesome in a different way. I think uh, oh. Sal will probably agree. The the main story through this. I mean, there's a great murder mystery and a you know a, a you know, thing you know plan gone bad and violence and all that. Uh, the the one that made this one difference uh, is that it's really focusing on Ethan and Anne's relationship. Anne is the is the uh, much younger woman who. Uh, runs the 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 theater. She's the projectionist and manager of the, his the theater. His yeah, it's it, it is his his sidekick. That's yeah. what she does in the show. Uh, in the show, it, it feels like yeah. I mean, it's it feels like a Rockford file. So I always think of it as a, yeah. as a show. But um, yeah, in the in the series, she's his sidekick, and this goes into the history of how they actually met, and kind of has an arc of them you know, kind of almost ending their relationship. That's that's the tension in this uh, in this story that I really enjoyed. Uh, the story around it was the detective story is fine, but it's really about the personal relationship between Ethan and Anne. And we get a, um, a foreshadowing uh, that uh, that Anne is going to die before her uh, before her time. And that's going to be a story for well, another day. And so. You could read it that way. You could read mm -hmm. she leaves. She not, but it was yeah. a gut punch nonetheless. I, I will say, uh, as I began reading this book, mm -hmm. I was sort of like, oh, this is a bit of a letdown. I'm not into this story as much um, initially. And the, then the story like, as a whole or the detective story? Yeah, just story. as a whole. I was sort of, I was sort of like, yeah. it didn't feel, it, it almost felt like, oh, it's, it's a formula. Like, Mm -hmm. He kind of has started everyone a little bit the same, where it's this sort of formula almost of... He gets in a horrible situation, and then it's yeah. like four months earlier. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. And so I was... Uh, just didn't have the same feel as the first two. By the end of the book, mm -hmm. I was... It, it was like a gut punch, that that epilogue of about Anne and the fact that maybe she dies at some point that's a story for another day just yeah. the whole way he sort of set up the ending not to give away too much but just the way that he he sort of showed um that and it's interesting because in reading all three of these volumes I kind of keep going who's Ethan telling this to because mm -hmm. it's it's narrated in a way that it's very self-aware. Ethan is aware he's talking to someone. It's not like his inner thoughts. You can tell from the from the narration that he is speaking to someone. You know, and, yeah. and he's telling the story. He's not just uh, narrating. You know, it's not just his inner thoughts or whatever else. So I, I kept going. I wonder who he's telling this to. Who is he telling the story mm -hmm. to? back of my head every time I read. and then you kind of see at the end of this one uh what's going on there yeah. um yeah I it definitely a different feel I felt to the first two um certainly not in a bad way um honestly emotionally I think I was much more connected to this book than the first two as much as I enjoyed the first two well that's I, yeah really I, about what this one was about was yeah. that personal connect why Ethan and Anne are so close you know they're both oddballs, um, but you know what kind of binds them together. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, very much enjoyed it. Um, I felt yeah, felt very much connected to them. Um, you know the like you said the 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 murder mystery is good. It's kind of a almost classic in some ways. Uh, you know Los Angeles. Um, you know, government versus the the little guy. There's a, a you know, of course, there's a real estate element. Oh, there's always has to be a land grab. Yeah, there has to be. It's some... an LA story. Yeah, right. It's either about water or mm -hmm. land grabs or both. But also some in, in, interesting information about sort of the history of Los Angeles. Um, some topical stuff in there, and uh, and he wrote about it in the back, like sort of his back page. He kind of writes yeah. about the idea of the afterward. Yeah, he, he found out sort of what we find out in the book about Los Angeles, because I didn't know anything about that particular town in Los Angeles. Um, he kind of says the same thing. He didn't know anything about the history. And so that was one of the um, 
the things that he, you know, inspired him to write this. But uh, yeah, really, really good. I love, I love this format. I love that like every six months I get a yeah, new one. Yeah. And I, I told Sean Phillips this uh, over, I think, Instagram, like, just keep making them. I will keep buying them because yeah, yeah. it's a perfect little pulp novel every time that it comes out for me i i I will i will keep buying them for sure it's almost almost like that that, you know the great the great show that you love love it's you'll wait a year for it and that's no problem and then whenever it comes out it's just that moment that you've been waiting for and you just devour it yeah that's the same thing with these books so are 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 there any monsters in this book (laughs) well there the are or the the most horrifying monster of all, man. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. no actual, there there is no supernatural elements to the reckless universe. There's no superheroes. There's no superpowers. There's no monster. Real. There's no fan <laughs> fantasy elements. It, it, True monster. Yeah. <laughs> it does feel very much like a Rockford Files. Uh, mini series or something, or uh, uh, yeah, the, the the sort of 70s, 80s TV show, cop TV shows that I think Brubaker is probably a big fan of. Um, it has that feel, but I thought this one, the first two were great in in that way. I felt like this one a little bit elevated. The, mm-hmm universe i feel i feel it di- it dives deeper into it i don't think that you could ever debut a series with a book like this by by volume three we're starting to be vested in the characters and you want to know more about them and so you actually see some some character growth and evolution and, and the, the the time frame is is playing out that's what i like is that yeah the, as these stories happen it's it's pretty large chunks of of time that pass this this one takes place in 88 89 yep. 88 i believe yeah yeah so um for i know for sal and i even more so than tom it's starting to get to a point that i remember as <laughs> as like a young oh, adult yeah. i mean yeah. i was 17 years old in 1988 so mm-hmm. yeah that's that's my high school years that's yeah i definitely remember i wasn't running around chasing bad guys but i was probably on the other uh, and other end of that spectrum yeah, you were solving crime. Crime. yeah i mean you were solving crimes oh, well, sure. of course yeah, was, everyone was in the 80s everyone was yeah. it was like teenage crimes you know it wasn't like adult crimes yeah. you know yeah, high school yeah. crimes yeah we yeah both, exactly yeah yeah joe uh speaking of rockford files uh joe uh, on the comments thread says you have to know that Brubaker loves the Rockford Files, and actually he's been on record many, many times talking about like his dream job would be to write Rockford Files episodes. I think he's he, but he's also said that his dream job is to write Archie comics. So I think. Well, he, so what is it, Ed Brubaker? What is, it, what is your dream? Make up your mind. I, I think what he's saying is he wants to write for Riverdale. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Hmm. With that. Betwixt these two worlds. Uh, KJ Eldridge says, I have to really catch up on my Brubaker Phillips non-Marvel DC slash Wildstorm reading. That's, uh, only, that's a lot. I think I've only read Kill or Be Killed uh, of all of their collaborations. Oh, yeah, you should definitely. Ooh. They've been continually putting together. Yeah. Just start with Sleeper. Yeah, there's there's so much good stuff from them. I I love that they've, and according to Brubaker in the back of the book, I mean he seems um, surprised at how successful the format has been. Like this was a bit of an experiment for them, I think, to to come out with hardcovers, you know, not not single issues, just and I think the reception to it has been great. Um, so uh, that's awesome because I want them to keep doing it. I just want more and more and more. I just want a nice whole bookshelf of Brubaker Phillips hardcovers. Uh, in, in it's your version of like my father-in-law's bookshelf of Louis L'Amour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pumping them out. Nothing wrong with that. I got a few mm. Louis L'Amour mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. books laying around here somewhere. But um, I want to uh, get your all's uh, opinion on something. It's more, uh, it's comic related, but more TV um this is 
We'll call this a snippet of ACTV, of what you could hear on ACTV, even this week. Since we missed this week. Sample, a sample, a taste. Yeah. um, What do you guys think about the uh, Why the Last Man uh, TV news? The unfortunate news that that they are not going to renew for season two. Um. Yeah. I'll be honest, I got bored with the show pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't... And I don't know why. I mean, I didn't have... It's obviously a little bit different than the but it's many years later. You know, we're, you know, <laughs> Bye, Chris. We're in a much no, different... I had, I had... Sorry. Yeah, I'm out of here. I asked me a question and then just fucking leave. No, I, was, I still have my headphones on. I was listening, dear. Don't worry. Keep talking. I'll finish the questions. Um, I, uh, you know, I don't know what it was about the show necessarily that didn't really interest me, but I will, um, I wanted to, it's funny that you brought this up. I, I ran across a tweet about it and I retweeted it. Um, cause I just thought it was sort of an interesting, uh, tweet about this show. Uh, let me see if I can read it here. It's by um, Eliza Clark, who uh, I don't know what she does on the show, but um, she is the show. Oh, she's the, she is the showrunner of Why the Last Man, and sh- her statement on it was: uh, "We have learned that we will not be moving forward with FX on Hulu for season two of Why the Last Man. I have never in my life been more committed to a story, and there is so much more left to tell." Why the Last Man is about gender, about how oppressive systems inform identity. We had a gender-diverse team of brilliant artists led by women at almost every corner of our production. Producers, writers, directors, cinematographers, production design, costume design, stunt coordinators, and more. It is the most collaborative, creatively fulfilling, and beautiful thing I've ever been a part of. We don't want it to end. Uh, FX has been an amazing partner. We have loved working with them and we're sad YTLM is not going forward with FX on Hulu, but we know that someone else is going to be very lucky to have this team and this story. I've never experienced the remarkable uh, solidarity of this many talented people. Uh, We are committed to finding why it's next home, Um, which I found interesting, uh, Mm -hmm. the, the commentary on it and the idea. And well, like I said, I, I didn't, not enjoy the show for any particular reason it just didn't find it very interesting but i find it interesting that their statement on it is much more about the sort of agenda of the show and the idea of everything behind the show other than the fucking story like nowhere <laughs> is the fucking story mentioned yeah. in this yeah. you know it's all about the amazing amount of people that are diverse and it's all what the story is about what the show is about in the idea of gender and oppressive systems, but it's could maybe that be why the fucking show didn't really catch on with anyone because you're more concerned with that than telling a good story. I didn't dislike the show, but whenever I heard the news that it wasn't going to be renewed for season two, there was almost a sense of relief because I had fallen to, I had watched like the first two episodes. There was almost a sense of relief where I was like, Oh, okay. I don't have to watch that now. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm not gonna miss it. It wasn't something that really and I loved the book. I was a mm-hmm. big fan of the book. I read the entire series. I've I've thought about going back and reading it again, but um I didn't survive the Tom um will I fall asleep while watching this test. <laughs> Financially upsetting news I because I was hoping to eBay this sucker. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah I will I say though that also uh, that that bar of will I fall asleep during it is very high, because I will fall asleep during things that are probably pretty okay. Like <laughs> the first couple times I tried to watch Wandavision, I fell asleep every time. <laughs> Couldn't make it through the first episode. Finally powered through. So I mean, I'm just saying that's it's not a low bar. Like, there's a lot of great shows that Tom's- there's a lot of great shows that I will fall asleep during without any hesitation. Just yeah. like. Yeah. Squid Game fell asleep during it. Couldn't, yeah. you know. There's slow parts of that show. I like yeah. that show. But there's a couple episodes, like one good episode, two slow episodes. It's one got good like episode. a sleepy rhythm to it, too, yeah. where it's kind of like lulls you. Uh, 
So, you know, take that for what it is, but it, it did not survive the, the ultimate Tom test. Okay. Well, there I'm going to watch there's, there's... this after 9.30. <laughs> will I will finish it? Not or am happen. I just going to be like, ah, yeah, I'm going to sleep. Yeah. I'm not, not going to yes. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'd have to go back and sort of study the show and try and figure if I really cared to try and figure out what it was about it that I didn't like. Um, I did. Well, I, I didn't like that. The main character was kind of this weak, unlikable, just putts. Well, it's, I think that part would be okay. If there was a strong enough character around him to make up for it. Which well, no. If he find as well, if he well, I think seven or what's her, what three fifty five. She was that character, but I think yeah. it would be fine if he was this sort of insecure, inept character. If he wasn't gorgeous with a six pack, yeah. Like very rarely are there guys running around on the planet that are beautiful, oh, yeah, with a perfect body. And are completely insecure about themselves and incapable of anything. Like I don't know. I mean, there's. I'm sure there are some of those, but um, yeah, it just it doesn't make for a very entertaining protagonist in a show. Uh, he's just not likable that much. I don't know. I, 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 the be- the best headline I saw, and it was from a uh, it was a female entertainment writer for like Variety or something. The headline was "Why This Last Man." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I was think pretty clever. I mean, I think in the the comic book, Yorick is not a typical heroic figure. No. I mean, he doesn't want to be a hero. He's not interested, and he's not very capable. And he's it's kind of a doofus. He's kind of a doofus, and, yeah. and I have no problem with that. But pick a guy that looks a bit more like a doofus, or at least can act like a doofus. To some, I don't know. Maybe he yeah, was fine. It's it's the, in the comic book. I pictured him as kind of this midway point between like Brendan Fraser and um, uh, who's the comedian? The the, like get huh? the guy from the office. <laughs> What's his name from the office? Although he's kind of Jack now. Yeah, I don't know. You know, part of me also thinks like, um, you know, an actual pandemic happening in between when this book was written and when it's made. I think there's a little bit of that too where I'm just like, you know, like I don't know, like the it's tough when you write a story and like the central act of it seems like kind of a crazy metaphor about like the world and then something happens that makes that metaphor like a little less crazy sounding, you know, like like all of a sudden it's like, eh, I don't know, man. It's kind of like it doesn't really ring true. It, I don't we, know. It, yeah, or it's just like too close. Reality. What was once fantastical is now like maybe a little got reeled in a little bit, and now it's sort of like that's eh. so so funny. Yeah. What yeah. a pandemic would look like since we yeah, were- just a touch. I don't think it's like I don't know. Like that. That was the when I was watching it before I fell asleep. That was one thought I had was I was sort of like, eh, I don't know, man. Do I do I want to watch this thing about like a pandemic sweeping? You know, I don't know. It just struck me as like I never really thought of that before, but like the reality of life is, you know, the, the, when did that book come out? Like eight, twelve, ten, longer than that, yeah. years and years and years ago. unfortunately the world in some ways is kind of not made it less relevant but made the the tone of it feel i'd be interested in rereading the book to see if i right if if i have that feeling of that because i remember you know when you read something like the first time you're like oh that's how could that would never happen that would never you know and obviously like not every man on earth has died but like yeah dude pandemics happen (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they like sweep the world, so I yeah I think maybe some of that, and I know it was beset with all kinds of problems from the pandemic, and that it got delayed, and like they had to recast all these people, and just like all yeah. this stuff, like it seemed like the odds were maybe stacked against it in a way that it just wasn't going to be, you know, the 
instead of being like this, oh my God, what a crazy story. Like think if you've never, think if you haven't read the comic book and you see the description of it, like, are you going to be like, oh, cool. A pandemic story, you know, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? You know, like. Great. Another. Sweet. Cool. Like, uh, it seems less. Is this a documentary? Is this? Yeah. But written written in in 2002. I mean, that's that's a total just guess. But I can imagine, you know, in a world where it's so competitive for, there's so many shows on, right? You know, and like, I, I don't know, like. It was yeah. It wasn't a terrible show. It was just yeah. Just for whatever reason, I, I didn't really get into it. I, I I mean, I love Diane Lane. Yeah, yeah, she's one of the best parts of it. She I is. I like I like three fifty five in this. But, it was very uh, good. It's yeah. just it's so competitive. I, for wouldn't surprise me if net. I mean, Netflix could pick this up. I could see Amazon sure. picking it up. It just yeah. you know, it's, Peacock. Who knows? Maybe yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. just hard for a show to stick, you know. Like, yeah, it's it harder. I mean, it gets harder and harder. You know, the competition. So there's so yeah, there's so many things that are just, and frankly, things that are just wilder, and just yeah. more attention grabbing and more like mm-hmm. so squid, you know, games. squid games. Yeah, you know, like that's <laughs> fucking wild. <laughs> You know, like that, something like that pops, you know, it's gets your attention. Got your attention, baby. Well, speaking right, of getting that, your attention, if that got your attention, you can hear more conversations like that about everything TV and movie related on ACTV. Uh, you can uh, check that out by becoming a patron. Run over to patron. Around Comics or no, patreon.com forward slash around comics. Patreon, join our patron page. Give us your money so that we don't have to pay for this to be on the air. Well, well, we're all working two jobs a piece, just so we can bring this to you. Hey, call in live during the show one three one two nine six seven six two eight two or this box. box, It's not free. (laughs) This whole thing here. If you'd like, Expensive. To if you have, if you're gonna call in though, have something to talk about. Have a question. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't waste just, my time. Yeah, we we're we have things to do. Like we you can't... can call you can call in, but we will hang up on. <laughs> we have the right. Listen, we, yeah. we have the right to hang up on you. That's I tell you, I um, we don't really gong. do we don't do like creator interviews uh much anymore. Occasionally, we'll have you know some creator friends on, but. uh uh, I was thinking about using the the call in number, and I want uh, Dave Wachter to uh, to call in and uh, talk about his new project, which I read this week. Dave, are you yeah. out there, are you, Dave? If you're listening, <laughs> uh, Dave, call can you hear us? He's probably like making something, you know. He is uh, right now. He's making uh, Star Wars: The High Republic Trail oh. of Shadows. Did you guys check that out? Not oh. yet. It's on my list of things to get to, though. I didn't read. I read. I got caught up in. A, I, read, I read some Kirby Eternals. It's been several decades since I think I read it. I want to hear about that more than Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny because the, a lot. You know, you know me. I love the online discourse, and <laughs> it's funny to. <laughs> it's funny to see sort of all the reactions to Eternals. You know, as it's coming out, out and sort of like the sort of like um, I, you know, the the tension between Eternals sort of being like um, there's nothing to the Eternals other than Kirby drawing it, drawing it. Like there's not a lot there, it's, and no matter how many times people try and do something with it, it's always sort of like eh, I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's much. to this doesn't seem like there's much to this. And now they've made sort of a movie out of this thing where it's like, well, if it just looks like people, like, well, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's been. If it doesn't look like this. Yeah. If it doesn't yeah. have like wild ass robots and shit, <laughs> why are we doing this? Yeah. Right. And it's started because it's been a long time since I read it, but um, years and years and years. And so. Uh, I was digging through it, and uh, it's really funny too because it's like 
I don't think I realized this probably when I read this as like a teenager of how much, how clearly the Eternals is such a like classic Kirby thing in that it is like, it is, it's very comics too, in that it's so, it's so obviously someone read the book Chariots, uh, Chariots of the Gods, right? Which is that like, it was like a book that came out in the late sixties. Uh, it was like a pseudoscience book about how aliens had visited ancient societies and helped build temples and stuff like that. And it's so clear that either Jack Kirby read that and was like, oh, I can do something with that. Or someone pitched him the idea. I don't know the mechanics of it. But like from the fact that like the font, the typeface on it looks like the book chariots of the gods the way the typeface <laughs> of that is set up like they're, not, not, walk they're walk. not even faking it at this point yeah it's just like it's just like obviously based so heavily on that or just the concept of like what if there's these aliens that came to earth and like influenced what happened on earth and um you know I when feel you like we all need very high hair right now <laughs> like a box well and it's uh, funny to read it because the first couple of issues, I'm like, oh, I'm into that. Okay, this is kind of cool, right? It's like, you know, I can respect Kirby's desire to be like, I'm just going to do stories where I can draw rad shit. <laughs> so, like, if this story lets me draw, like, a big-ass faceless god robot called the Celestial, like, let's roll with it. Yeah. Can, I build, can, I, can I draw a picture of an ape? trapped inside a machine being experimented on all right cool like i can get with that jack kirby you know like uh doing that approach to yeah just like all i'm doing is wild stuff i'm not messing around with like anything normal it's all going to be crazy right so the first couple of issues i'm like oh i got it and then i remember why i always find the eternal so boring is the actual Eternals start showing up like about four issues in at the beginning. It's just one character. It's like Icarus mm -hmm. taking this anthropologist to like where the gods are in the, uh, you know, in the Andes mountains and the deviants show up and the deviants are great because it's like such a, like, again, Kirby is like, well, you know what? I'm going to like the deviants. They all look different. So I'm going to have to draw a bunch of wild ass, weird looking bad guys constantly. And, <laughs> And just like the new gods, the bad guys are the way more interesting characters than any of like the good guys, you know, pretty much. Yeah, you know, they're so much more memorable visually and just like their machinery and stuff. And it's like, oh, okay, you got this one guy, you got Icarus, who hides <laughs> his name is like Ike Harris. It's his alter ego name. Of course it is. Of course it is, right? And so like um he you have that, you have the Deviants, and then all of a sudden, like, other Eternals start showing up, like Cersei, and all these other characters, and then I was like, oh, shit, that's right. That's I don't awesome. care about any of these other characters, <laughs> and I really wish we didn't have to spend any time with them. I wish we just talked about the Deviants and, like, some weird-ass alien stuff all the time. I don't want to hear about Sprite. I do not care about like any of the any of the actual Eternals. Um, it was just funny because I, it was like I felt I felt like transported through time back to like thirteen year old Tom reading it, having the same reaction where I was like, "Oh no, go back to just like the giant pages of like the Celestial." You know, like I don't want to hear about like these What's weird. The, was this Kirby's return to Marvel after the four year old stuff? Oh. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, so the first couple of issues, I was like, oh, yeah, this is rad. I'm into this. Like, this is some just some wild ass science fiction stuff. And then I was like, oh, no. God damn. Now we got to like meet all these characters that I'm kind of like not in, that entirely into hearing about. Um, so yeah, that was my dive back into the Eternals. <laughs> I have never, yeah, I, I, you explained it much better than I ever could as far as why the Eternals is just blah, and it always has been. <laughs> and and like I said, it looks amazing. Obviously, it's 
you know, there's stuff in it where Jack Kirby is able to just sort of completely do whatever the hell he wants and, and unleash his amazing abilities. And there's no question, you know, he's the king, right? Like the, he does shit yeah. nobody else. Yeah. But I think the Eternals is a perfect example of like anyone that shits on the idea that Stan Span. didn't have <laughs> anything to do with the Fantastic Four or with all mm-hmm. the other fucking yeah. comics that, you know, or someone, yeah. maybe it wasn't Stan, maybe it was someone else, but it sure shit wasn't Jack Kirby writing the Fantastic Four. Cause sometimes people, yeah. sometimes people need an editor. Yeah. Yeah. Too much <laughs> right. Is not a good thing. And, and, yeah. yeah, I just can't. I've never gotten into the Eternals. I when they announce the movie, I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Maybe they'll make it cool. I'm sure people will love it. At this point, people will fucking yeah, <laughs> they'll cape up for any yeah. Marvel movie. Yeah, the they'll be like, this is great, even though in their heart of hearts, they're like, ah. if, you know, no, no, <laughs> so I I saw this today. And it was regarding kind of a what I would call middle of the road show that that had come out, and the the excuse that I think a lot of uh, comic book fans, you know, especially from our era, that rem- remember a, a time whenever like the Roger Corman Fantastic Four was kind of a high water mark for seeing comic book stuff translated to film. Yeah, and so I see I see this excuse a lot, and it really is people excusing mediocre still storytelling by saying, well, at least we got this, which is still amazing to see. We'll say, why the last man? That's not what it was about. But, you know, how lucky we are that we live in a time whenever something like why the last man can, can be done. And well, we are spoiled. They're, they're, therefore, if it's yeah. not done right, it's still okay. Or if it's not done at a high level, I mean, I just I think people give stuff a pass sometimes just because it's a comic property. I'll say though, I, I, the the thing about the actual Eternals characters being really boring, it goes beyond just those characters. To me, being kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. Like being very much like, all right, my guys, I just did the new gods, and I had like ran out of ideas for good guys, and now I'm just gonna like. <laughs> Like bad guys, I'm good. Kirby can spit out the bad guys, right? Like he's every page with the deviants is like, yeah, I got a toad guy, I got a guy who looks like the devil, you know? Like he's just spitting that out, and it's like, ah, I guess we got Icarus. Let's take some Greek gods and kind of like, eh, whatever. Like we'll just spit those out too, right? It's interesting though because like, you know, the 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 two parts of this book that work really well is the celestial stuff. Because yes. Kirby can just draw the fuck out of it. You know what I mean? yes. It's like, yeah. holy shit, that looks like a that looks cool. That's cool. <laughs> and then the other part is the the deviance because it's like he can just twist them and turn and make all sorts of crazy looking little monsters and and the yeah. whole he drew monsters for decades, you know, in all the yeah. so that's another thing that but when it comes to the good guys, it's like, well, they have to look like heroes, which are kind of bland, to be honest. You know yeah. I mean? And so now it's going to rely on your ability to make characters through story, Jack. How do you do that? <laughs> Let's see what you got. And not- well, it's funny because it's also like, you know, it, it's very, it's lowbrow and highbrow. So, you know, like it's so obviously inspired by this very like pseudoscientific thing but you know kirby still fits in like sort of these i you know like there's you know the idea that the deviant then you know if the deviants are so bad then why did the celestials make them bad right you know like there's that of like well if this is what they are like are the celestials actually good guys like he leaves that very like yeah up in the air of like like they're here they might just like erase everything and start over. They might, you know, and it's, you're never quite, he does a good job of like in those big picture things of being like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know. Is this good or bad? Yeah. Like, are they good guys? Are they bad guys? Yeah. Like, should we be pumped about them? And then, you know, (laughs) here's Icarus. And then it's like, oh, oh no. Okay. And I'm bored again. 
I know, dude. I'm bored again. Joe, <laughs> you used up. Uh, Joe G said uh, he enjoyed the game and run. He has the Kerbal. He has the Kirby Eternals omnibus. He never read it. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a, there's a lot of Kirby omnibuses out there like that. Greg Porter said he never read it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that thing. That thing was grabbing big money on the secondary market for a while because that. Uh, what that omnibus went out of print before they announced the movie, and I think it was kind of a short print run. So if you got one of those, treat it nicely. I don't know. I, I might flip it. Yeah, flip it, baby. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I feel the same it's, way about the attorney. <laughs> it's just why it's it's just like uh, it's also like it really shows Kirby's skill at like plugging into the like lizard brain of like a 13 year old nerd <laughs> yeah right? or he's just like in that sweet spot of like i'm gonna draw some like sick ass shit and you're gonna be like oh yeah Cel yeah celestials look rad they look <laughs> like he makes them look like incredible it looks awesome you're like oh this is great right and you know he has a the two-page spread right of like that's how every issue kind of starts off with this is like with this scene of like weird frogmen trying to blow up new york city or like a celestial who's got like the code to erase humanity written on his hand you know like it's just <laughs> yeah it's like yeah he's plugged directly into like 12 year old tom's brain of like for sure yeah, yeah that was my like, favorite you know, part of the the guardians of the galaxy uh which actually i think in the comic it was in like the annihilation series whenever nowhere is the Head, the detached head of a celestial in space. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's like that is Kirby would love that. Now, if I could go back in time and I'd say, hey, listen, Jack, I know you know more about comics than me. Just skip the good guys. You don't even need them. Just have the deviants and the celestials and humans and stop messing around with these boring ass good guys who, like, no one can figure out what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, who cares, man? Just show me a bunch of bad, show me a bunch of toad men. Yeah. Well, I didn't read the Eternals. I read uh, a book that uh, I thought was was appropriate for the uh, the holiday that's coming up, mm. Halloween. Um, I read a book uh, <laughs> called uh, Legosi. Legosi the um, the rise and fall of Hollywood's Dracula. Um, I've always been a fan of the, uh, the universal monsters and yeah. werewolf Frankenstein, all that stuff. And so this really attracted me. It's by a person named Corin Shamdi, no Shadmi, S H A D M I, uh, published by humanoids. Um, I found out, I found it on Hoopla, but, um, it's basically a biography, uh, of Bela Lugosi and, um, it has some, you know, sort of fantasy elements in it to a certain degree. Um, it, you know, sort of dramatic license stuff, uh, dreams and things like that. But for the most part, it's a straightforward telling of um, of his life story, at least from the age of, well, they, there is some stuff of him as a kid. Um, and, you know, I, one of the things I think it did really well is sort of show and and maybe remind people of like how big of a star he was at one time like he you know he created a genre like there wasn't monster movies before dracula that was mm -hmm. and, and he was doing it uh on stage in play in a play and uh and he kind of actually had to fight to play uh, dracula in the movie and um but once that came out it was like that was you know it changed Hollywood. All of a sudden, everybody needed monster movies. It created the genre, you know, and he was a gigantic star. Um, but then he can't quite ever get past that um, in one way or another. He's, he, yeah, he's, type, he's typecast. He's typecast to a certain degree, but he also, um, like, he can't get past it. You know, he wants everything to be Dracula to some degree in the sense of, if it's not as powerful as Dracula, then it needs to be more like Dracula. 
if that makes sense. So he mm-hmm. he sort of is creates a bit of his own stumbles in in that way of where he you know he has this thing that he's done really really well, but maybe that's all he can do really really well, and you know there's ego involved and there's drugs and alcohol and women and he was a you know he was a um a womanizer he was divorced three times he got hooked heroin addict heroin addict he got hooked on pain medication uh became you know a junkie basically you know checked himself into uh it lost all of his money he spent money like crazy like he just no matter how much he earned he would spend more than he earned and he wanted to live this very you know, he wanted to live the lifestyle of the star that he was, but unfortunately he wasn't very good at negotiating. He got paid $500 a day for Dracula. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it became a giant, you know, gigantic success and everything, but he never, he was just not very good at negotiating um, for himself. And yet he spent money like, he was the biggest star in the world, but he wasn't being paid like the biggest star in the world. And he continued to spend money uh, like he was, you know, he just, he just put on an act almost of like, I'm Bella Lugosi. People are going to expect me to, you know, but he ended up losing everything and it, it ends up being a very tragic story. And we saw a part of it. If you, if you guys have ever seen the Ed Wood, Ed Wood. Yeah. I love Edward. And you, Martin Martin Land Martin Landau. Yeah, Martin Landau won an Academy yeah. Award for that. Um, but uh, deservingly. Yeah, and and, and you, you see sort of the end uh, days uh, of Bela Lugosi. But it was a really interesting story. A lot of stuff that I didn't know about him. A lot of stuff. Unfortunately, I don't know that it came off like he came off all that well in the whole thing. I, I don't know that it comes off particularly sympathetic for him um which is sad like he you know he just uh he was sort of trapped in this thing where like he played this great role and he could never ever get past it he could never you know whether it was people wanting him to do that role again or whether it was his own sort of i don't know ego i think a lot of it was ego where it was just like he you know once he got famous he expected everything to to be done his way and everything to go his way and it just doesn't always work out like that but and then there's a there's a great section in it about sort of his rivalry with um boris karloff and um yeah it was good i I mean the only complaint i had about it really was at times it felt like a visual representation of a wikipedia page you know what i mean like Uh, a little bit like it was just sort of dryly telling you some facts and yeah it was you know, there were drawings to go along with it but it was almost like i don't know i i i i kind of wanted the author to delve a little deeper i felt like there's there was more or if not delve deeper at least like give me your own perspective on it as opposed to making it a documentary or an autobiography like do something a little more interesting like um you know if you look at the book uh we talked about it a couple months ago uh the ed gein book um Mm -hmm. to me that was a great combination of factual information and also you know sort of a perspective um and and some things that you know weren't necessarily factual but just an idea representation of of how people reacted to it or how people thought about it at least how the authors thought about it so i could i would say that like maybe if anything is missing from this book it's that there there's not really a perspective on it it sort of dryly just kind of lays out the facts of his life which are interesting um but i yeah i think it could have been a little more could have leaned that way a little bit more i think it would have actually even better did you guys ever read the um the rick geary book on uh hh holmes the devil in the white city or well not the no the comic one i I don't think it may it's very much the same way it is an illustrated wikipedia entry it's great if you want to know the history of H.H. Holmes, right. but um, but yeah, it's and you, you you're like okay, there's there's a story here, but this is really trying to be as um, kind of like a, a History Channel 
documentary more than telling you know yeah, that's, an engaging story right that's kind of what this felt like at times it's just like okay this is just sort of facts and mm-hmm. any you know and and even then it's weird because the facts are um debatable some of it you know what i mean like it's it presents information in a factual way when maybe it's actually not factual. Uh, okay, yeah, does that make sense? You know, yeah, it's it it tries to wipe away uh, any pretense of of fictionalizing anything by presenting it as documentary, yeah. even though all of the facts may not be supported. Yeah, sure, that kind of yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I think it. It was good though. I did like it. I did. I did enjoy it. The art was good. Okay. Um, it almost had like a, a Charles Adams feel to the art a little bit. Um, a little bit, and um, it wasn't. It wasn't super um, realistic. I mean, the characters. You know, he looks like Bela Lugosi to a certain degree, but there's a bit of cartoonism to it, and and. Um, yeah, I don't know. I got a, a sense of a little bit of like Charles Adams. It's all black and white, grayscale, mm. the whole book. Um, He's at the forefront of making vampires sexy. Yeah, he would. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah, as the not, well, I mean, I'm sure there's always somebody who's in, there's somebody who's into everything. So I'm sure there's somebody who. <laughs> But, you know, sort of like our modern visual representation of like vampires keep getting sexier, man. Mm-hmm. And sparkly. Uh, starting sparkly. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a big part of the book of the, the, the power he had over women or, or, or sort of the uh, charisma that he had. I don't think he would consider him a classically handsome guy necessarily, but there was a sexuality about him that that certainly, uh, you know, virulent, Hungarian, virulent. And sort of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta watch out for those Hungarians. <laughs> Especially the virulent ones. And the virulent, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, so pretty interesting. Pretty good book. If, you, if you're into uh, wanting to know more about Bela Lugosi, the first Dracula. Dracula. Nice. nice. Dracula. Well, um, uh, check out that uh, that Star Wars um, uh, High Republic. Dave didn't Walker. call. God damn it! Oh, he did. He did not call. But uh, you know, take a look at that. We'll uh, we can chat about it next week. I want to get. I always like talking Star Wars, uh, especially. I know. I know Tom really mm. enjoys that. I love the timeline at the beginning of this. It's the first time I've seen it in a comic that they um, are a stat. You have to direct you to win in the. Star Wars uh, timeline. Yeah. This this happens. So I was having. It's uh, like, hey, someone called hmm? to the hotline. Hmm. Oh no! But I was having a problem uh, with the interface. I don't know something. Something happened. I'm not sure. Uh, but hold on one second. I just want to make sure I didn't miss something here. Do-do-do. Let me see if this works. Call me about Star Wars. Call. <laughs> Could have been Dave. It might have been Dave. Who knows? Might have been Dave. Call me about Star Wars. We can talk Star Wars. Someone... Call the Tom Cater Star Wars hotline. You call and I'll talk to you about Star Wars for five minutes. Okay. Well, okay. So the person here, well, we did get a voicemail. So they, oh, okay. I'll say he said, uh, hey, this is Joe D. Tom's analysis oh, yeah. of Kirby's Eternals is pretty much spot on. Uh, but the same analysis, you know, for uh, what he used uh, could be said for um, the new gods. Oh, it's oh yeah. Uh, uh-huh. they got- Most of the new gods, the good guys are f- fucking boring, except for uh, Orion is the only one with a little bit of, but he's actually a bad guy. Oh, Who happens to live at the good oh, guys. Yeah, you know. That's true. I, I, and you know, I, I like uh, and, uh, Mr. Miracle is a yeah. good exception to that as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's like, who gives a fuck about Light Ray? <laughs> or like, you know, like, it, they're just like, you know, like, they're not, none of them are as cool as any of the bad guys. Come on, Forager. 
on Apocalypse. Yeah, exactly, right? Like you got Kanto, <laughs> that guy with the the assassin with the mustache. I mean, that's fucking cool, right? Dark side, yeah. Always better. The bad guys are always better in those. Granny goodness. Yeah. Maybe just. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was Joe G. It was Joe. It was Joe G. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. We missed. I don't. I no, I mean, problem with the uh, Google Voice. It, the 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 um the same criticism can definitely be made of the new gods of like the fact sure. that I can't remember the names of most of the good guys. Unless someone like showed me pictures of them, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I guess, hi father." <laughs> is one of, you know, like yeah. none of is, Met- is Metron is Metron a good guy or is Metron kind of? Ugh, wow, that's a good question, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, he's got a fucking rad. There's a guy in Eternals a with a fucking chair too. It's like, come on, dude, Kirby. I know you love your chairs. Guys riding in chairs. <laughs> Was he? It looks cool. It did look. It's it, true. It did look absolutely cool. Maybe he just was trying to recreate like Professor X. Just, <laughs> just, I need a guy in a chair. Oh wow! Yeah, think about that. Metron's like the next generation Professor X. Like this is a better fucking wheelchair. It travels <laughs> through time. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's the next level up to that. I think there's something there. Yeah, there's a little. I think there's yeah. something to it, right? But it's. I mean. It's, None of, it, none of it I, matters yeah. because uh, that dude Kamal is jacked now. Yes, so yeah. People are very excited about the Eternals. Movie. They're very excited about the jacked guy. Jacked the jacked comedian. That was yeah. jacked, but now... This is the weird thing I found about geek culture is like they hate people that are jacked unless they started out not jacked. Not nerdy. Jacked. They got to start out uh, nerdy like Chris Pratt. Then they yeah. get jacked and they love them. And then it, but if you just that's come great. on jacked, oh, well, you're just an asshole then. You're just, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't start I mean, jacked. Can I kick sand in my face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah, I got uh, my, I got, well, I'm all right, I'm gonna go look through the good guys. The fourth world in this. Um, I did. I want to ask you guys: Are either of you watching the show Midnight Mass? Uh, Watch the first episode today. Very interesting show. I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I continue to be surprised by it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I. I continue okay. to, to. To. It goes in places that I don't expect it to go. Okay. How many episodes in are you? I don't know. Five, maybe. Four, or five, okay. something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Oh, okay. We'll, we, Marta, 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 and I started watching it tonight. Oh, if you want a little uh, levity in your life, a little haha, uh, we started watching Ghosts. It is. It is very amusing. What is Ghosts? It's on uh, CBS. Uh, new uh, sitcom that I don't even know if you call it a sitcom, but it's a comedy on little half hour comedy on CBS. Haunted people. Um, haunted. Uh, yes. Are we wa- uh, reading uh, the geezers for next week? Is that next week? We're gonna that should be next Tuesday. Yes. So um, uh, why don't you play uh, play the uh, trade talks? I'm not ready. I know you love this one. I'm not prepared for this kind of. Thing. Is it your favorite stinger? This is our turn. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, uh, trade talk next week. Uh, the the geezers, the old geezers, the geezers. Tom Geez. will be talking about the old geezers. Geezers. <laughs> hey, look! I found Kirby drawing a vampire. <laughs> Count Dragor. Count Dragoran. Dragoran. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, and there's a Frankenstein. In, oh, yeah. This is the planet that's like a. It's like monster universe. Monster planet. It's like a monster planet. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember that. That's a good. Just rush that month. Uh, you know, he needed to come up with something. Monster. That's fucking rad. So, uh, so trade talks next week. Uh, the geezers. Uh, we've got uh, ACTV coming up uh, later this week. Or actually, be on Monday next week. Uh, Tom, you just uh, put out the uh, the Tom versus uh, Freedom Fighters Halloween episode, right? It's a Halloween. I'm going to do one about some haunted comics. I found the great 
this is my last thing about Kirby. Great example of totally forgettable good guys. The forever people. Can't tell you one of their fucking names. All I know is they have a car. They're trying to get then they're hippies. I don't know. Hippie, a, biker kind of. Game. I guess. Can't tell you anything it's else. Sort of a, about any. They're kind of in a, a sand buggy space. Were they were they friends with the Newsboy Legion? Yeah. Yes, they were. Yeah, they had like a supercar. The car was the coolest part. Mm-hmm. There's like one guy is just like a cowboy. The, I, was there a guy with a big red beard? Right, big man. Yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, the forgetful people. I don't know this goddamn thing about forgotten any of them. People, the forgotten, the forgotten people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't remember anything about them. So yeah, I'm gonna do. Yeah, I'm gonna do some scary comics uh, before Halloween because uh, the next um, Freedom Fighters issue is about Santa Claus, and we I a, cannot uh, a special Halloween episode uh, like we did. Ooh, years ago, a special like uh, a spooky. Oh, you're not gonna make this. Like, yeah, like a act, like a right? audio play. You guys want to do an audio play? <laughs> I would, oh, no. do, I would I would do like a two a no, two no. page right. a two page audio play. How about uh, I think well, no I tell you what do next week we're doing the geezers. So what's mm-hmm. the date after that? It's already November, right? We're kind of out of mm-hmm. time for Halloween. Um, I was gonna say never too late for Halloween. We could do like a special sort of what's your favorite horror comic? Bring your favorite Ooh, that would be great. trade or something. Maybe that's not, that's not, yeah. That sounds like a good Patreon exclusive. Oh, well, we could do that for Patreon. We do that, yeah. Not for the preloading we'll slackers. Yeah, absolutely. Get Tom Cater's that. Werewolf by Day. <laughs> Tom, the soft touch yeah. caters. Yeah, yeah, the so forever it's... people caters. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do that uh, maybe uh, before or after we do ACTV. This weekend we'll do a do a, a quick little uh, favorite horror comic, which will be fun. There you go. All right. Uh, see, Greg Porter says it's a great idea. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, we still, even though you can comment uh, on our live stream, we still love us some emails. So uh, emails at info at aroundcomics.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. We talked about the Patreon, so you can help us out there. Uh, we really do appreciate it uh yeah tom versus um grab the halloween episode we got more ACTV coming out uh sal throws stuff out on the patreon all the time whether it's it's uh newsletters articles uh big geek show etc 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 a little slow this uh mm-hmm. couple of weeks i've been i've been busy on something i have mm-hmm. a secret project uh-oh secret project i've been working on so that's always worrying me yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, you guys will find out all about it eventually, but for now, it's hush hush on the hush, down, hush. on the down low. Uh, Shh, quiet. All right, so there you go. We got all that coming up. Uh, everyone have a wonderful rest of your week and weekend. We'll be back for this here show next Tuesday, uh, eight o'clock Central Standard Time ish. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, we'll be everywhere in. And around, forgotten people. Oh, we go see Bella. Yeah.